Let's do it. Welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are glad you are tuning in with us. We are brought to you by progressivechristianity.org. We encourage you to go check them out. We also encourage you to check us out on social media over on Facebook. Uh, Just look for the Moonshine Jesus Show. A few quick notes. This, as always, will not be a spoiler-free podcast at all. Mm -hmm. And we will be doing a Q&A at the very end. So as we're going along, please feel free to leave your questions in any comment section, and we will try to get to as many as we can. More importantly, I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Caleb. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing great, and I'm looking forward to getting into this movie. But first, I'd really like to know... If you have an appropriately themed drink. Well, I've got a themed drink and you can tell me if it's appropriate, okay. appropriately themed or not. So Alrighty. we're talking about the Adam Project today, Absolutely. Absolutely. which is all about time travel. Time travel, yes. And so I've got a sonic screwdriver here. Uh-huh. It's a nice shade of green. It looks kind of like some kind of fuel you would use it, it for a really time does machine. Like uranium fuel, fuel or something like you'd see in <laughs> yeah. comic books or something. <laughs> but but it really tastes pretty good. It's uh orange juice and blue corsau and vodka and the orange juice uh takes most of the taste so it's uh, real easy to drink how about nice. you mark what are you drinking well uh i i have also mixed up a drink here mm-hmm. and this one is called i followed your suit the time traveler uh, okay it, something put together by a distillery called ghost coast uh it has bourbon um marchino liqueur and it also has chartreuse in it, a little chocolate bitters, and uh, then a, a nice uh, piece of, of lemon for zest. So I, I haven't yet put my bitters in, so I'm going to do that now. And uh, then we can cheers and, and enjoy our drinks together. Good. Sorry? I saw that. I saw that, Mark. I thought that sounds like a trip to the liquor store <laughs> when I saw that. And it, it was like an expensive trip to the liquor store. <laughs> it wasn't store. just a trip to the liquor store. <laughs> I didn't have any chocolate bitters and it took three stores to find them. <laughs> <laughs> but how is it? It good. is crazy good. I'm so glad I did this. It is. I'm not even kidding. Uh, it's delicious. How about you? Mine's good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. All right, sir. Cheers. Cheers to Cheers. the show. Let's get into this after this break. All right. Shine Jesus show where today we are talking about the Adam project 
Bad and Project is on Netflix, and it's a movie that is all about Adam Reed, portrayed in his older form by Ryan Reynolds from 2050, who goes back in time to this ancient time of 2022. So far back. <laughs> it's so far back. Can you all even imagine? 2022 and he teams up with a younger version of himself a 12 year old to try and save his future wife zoe saldana and to stop his father mark ruffalo from inventing time travel and i have a very important question for you mark as we're getting uh, started today okay all right i think i think i'm this? ready for it okay um uh, i want to know this movie stars ryan reynolds yes have you ever seen a movie starring ryan reynolds where he's not just playing Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Have you ever seen a movie where he's not just playing himself? No, and I and I think part of that is that that's the only way he gets cast. Like you, I think this movie we see little moments of him wanting to be more than the snarky, quick-witted, uh, geeky, nice-looking dude. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we see these little moments where he lets go of the snark and, and yeah. he gets in. I feel like that's who he really wants to be, but he knows yeah. to, to get these big contracts, he's got to pitch it as, as Ryan Reynolds, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's getting, you're right. He's got to be snarky. And, but it was, it was such a fun movie to watch because of that, you know, and especially, you know, oh, wow. two clergy folks uh, on Easter Easter night. <laughs> I don't know when you watched it, but I watched it last night after yep. all the Holy Week stuff. And after this was the, the exact kind of movie I wanted to watch. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just fun and funny it, and all that. Yeah, it's easy. It doesn't even, I mean, it's a time, it's a quote time travel movie, but the reality mm -hmm. is it doesn't go that deep. I mean, yes, yeah. that's part of the storyline in, in the fact that it starts in 2050 and it goes back to 2022 ultimately. And then, even though we're trying to go back to 2018 uh, yeah. or 20 yeah 2018 2018 but yeah. but they don't even they don't even actually try to mess with like what time travel really is and how does it really work As a matter of fact the one time that, that his younger self asked the question about it he yeah. just kind of makes he's like oh you did all of this you you risked the breaking the space-time continuum just so you could get back to this woman and, and instead of starting to explain how all of that works he was like yeah, yeah. but wait till you meet her you know, it's right. like a, a little <laughs> joke. And then they move on. They don't even bother. Let's not even, yeah, let's not mess too much with the science geeky stuff. We don't need to do that. It's, which I think, at, to your point, it just made it such a fun, like you didn't have to get overly engaged. And yet it was engaging and it was fun. It was. And it had a lot of good stories, morals, kind of in, stuck in there with it, you know, trying to teach us a it few did. little yeah. things. It did. Yeah, that's right. And that isn't that the best when you can like you can be sitting there and it can be kind of a, a still moment. And then all of a sudden uh, it's action packed and then it's funny. And if you can get all of those in a movie, it, it doesn't matter if it's going to win an yeah. Oscar or not. Right. right. Uh, we've been talking about Oscars for the past several times. Exactly. It's not going to win an Oscar. No, no. <laughs> but it was Although, I will say I will yeah. say the kid that played uh, young Adam Walker Scoble. That kid, first time in the movies, he's no up way. there. He's up there with the likes of Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Gardner, Mike Ruffalo, Zoe uh, Saldana. Uh, Saldana. Uh, he's he's on screen with all of them, 
and he mm-hmm. holds his own like a I mean like a professional. It, he was impressive. And he I does his he does a great Ryan Reynolds, you know, well, like if Ryan Reynolds were a 12 year old. Right. Well, it, it turns yeah. out that he's yeah. this massive okay. Ryan Reynolds fan, has always no been. Yeah. And the first time they get together, he's riding in the back seat of Ryan's car, and Ryan has his phone on, and uh uh, uh Walker starts quoting Deadpool like different Deadpools to the letter. And he can go on for like five minutes, quoting every line perfectly in the cadence of Ryan is brilliant. Uh, He, like you said, he was unreal in this. Uh, Deadpool's the best. And you know, it was also fun. One of the fun things for nerds like us, Mark, and this was that there were also all kinds of meta moments uh, and also moments where they were, uh, moments where they were referencing other franchises, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, especially there was a lot of Star Wars and Back to the Future stuff. Yeah, you know, how, how like could, when yeah. he, when he turns off the plane, like the Millennium Falcon. You know, just hey, a, he starts kicking. He goes, "I always wanted to do this," and you go, "Oh, oh yeah, do I know what you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> or the lightsaber, and his younger self is like. Like, oh, it's a lightsaber. No, it's not a lightsaber. And he pulls it out. Yeah, it's a lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> so you're, so it was it was really fun to to nerd out on it too. But you're right, there were a lot of uh, significant moments, and uh, especially one of the things that struck me was grief. Oh, uh, the theme definitely. of grief. I mean, I mean, this whole the whole movie ultimately is around the theme of grief. I mean, the only reason he's mm-hmm wanting to risk breaking the time barrier and, and, and the, the consist the time continuum is because of grief. He, he lost, right. he, 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 he lost his wife and, and he couldn't, he couldn't bear with it. And he was like, I got to change this. I got to fix this. Uh, and then he goes back to see his younger self. Who's just recently grieving the loss of his dad. And yeah. you see mom trying to take care of her son as she griefs the loss of a husband. I mean, it's yeah. definitely, and, and how each person uh, manages and deals with those becomes really important in in all of this. Um, yeah. And you see the older Adam working a little bit with the younger one. And one of my yeah. favorite lines uh, is when he's talking to him about the way he treats yeah. his mom because he's very snarky with his mom mm-hmm. and short with his mm-hmm. mom, and and she handles it amazingly. Uh, but when the older uh, 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 Adam says to the younger one, she wakes every up every morning with a broken heart and a closet yeah. full of his clothes and gets nothing from you, but a fistful of crap and not even like 10 seconds of genuine empathy. I mean, yeah. that was one of those moments where you just kind of exhaled and went, uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah. exactly. Right. What about some empathy? What about some empathy? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it had so I- many of those moments. It did. And they were kind of unexpected, you know, because at times it was so lighthearted. And then at times they were shooting is shooting at future soldiers and stuff. And then you have these poignant moments uh, where it's reflecting on the human condition in ways yeah. that are were unexpected for me. And yeah. uh, at, well, as they're talking well, I, about grief, one of the other lines that hit me, Mark, was yeah. uh, that, oh, you know, he, he's know. angry. He's angry. Right. I love this, I and, love this and, line. Yeah, it's great. So the older the older self is so mad at his dad. He's yeah. blamed his dad for everything. And his younger self was like, no, no, our dad always made time for us. And uh, 
said, do you think maybe it's because it's easier to be angry than to be sad? And oh, that 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 line so resonated with me uh, because isn't that an easier emotion to feel anger? It is, and and we see that. I mean, we see that in in our friends and our and other folks all the time. Where um, you you do realize that the anger that they're expressing really is just masking sadness, Um, and that but just that perspective that it's easier to be angry than sad kind of for me reposition i've always understood this relationship between anger and sadness like that frequently Mm. someone's anger is really a masked sadness but to hear it said that it's easier to be angry than sad kind of helped me get a little deeper hold on my personal understanding of the relationship uh between those two things i thought it was just a a brilliant brilliant line and in a time travel movie, <laughs> I know, right? Ryan Reynolds. You know? what yeah. you... <laughs> and so that to me is one of the markers of a great movie is oh, when, and I don't care what the critics say, you know, my wife always gives me a hard time. She says, you like terrible movies. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably true. I do. I like hey, this, movies. this, this, this movie got kind of good reviews, not some, some, but not so great reviews, but it yeah. is currently the fourth most watched movie in the history of Netflix. So the people have spoken. Like That's right. And you know what? Sometimes that's true. Sometimes the critics don't get it right. Sometimes, yeah. you know, the what we want to watch uh, is, is powerful for, for a reason. And so I like movies like that. Movies yeah. that entertain us and teach us something about about Absolutely. Movies. And they teach us yeah. so much in this. There's the line mm-hmm. when they first are introduced to dad and he's giving uh-huh. a lecture and he goes give yourself permission to be inadequate and then yeah. go then get to work you can be good at something you can't be good at something unless you're willing to be at it first and yeah. i was just like that's a lesson that takes us too much time to learn frequently we believe we have to get it right every time rather yeah. than be willing to fail so that you can learn enough to do it right uh it's yeah. just so many so many lines that had these beautiful little moments. Uh, uh, you know, the young Adam gets picked on as a kid. He's yes, he's very Beat smart. Up. He's very smart yeah. and insightful in a lot of ways. We learn and has a mouth as it goes on, <laughs> and, and quite a mouth. And Ryan uh-huh. and Ryan, yep. the older Adam, is, is actually not all that insightful. He's kind of gotten kind of dumb and thick. And I love it when the younger yeah. kid says, "God." It's like I traded my brain for the <laughs> muscles. That's yeah, the, that's the and cool. he goes, that's a shit deal. <laughs> like, I love that, they, that yep. they bring that up. Uh, that was uh-huh. that was brilliant. Um, and then ultimately, the older the older Adam ends up recognizing. He goes, I spent some 30 years trying to get away from the me that was you. And I'll tell you what, kid, I hate to say it, but you were the best part all yeah. yeah, and that was another one of those moments where you just went, "Wow, that you know." We think about going back, yes. and what would we tell our younger self? Like, and it's always the yeah, things we right. think about are always like how to do your life better and how to avoid right. this. And instead, he goes back and he ultimately says, "Look, I'm starting to realize that you were the best part of me. All you were always the best part of me." Uh, can yeah. you imagine being a 12 year old kid and having experience? of seeing your older self, idolizing how cool and strong and all of you, but he turns to you and he goes, turns out you were the best part of me 
yeah. all along. I mean, how, yeah. how, how powerful is that? Very powerful. You know, I think one of the things that is, uh, that we learn in the movie that, that Adam sees and that I think we really benefit from when we see in our own lives is whenever we can accept ourselves for who we are, whenever yeah. we can just be authentically who, who we are, that that's one of the most freeing things in the world. Whenever we're not trying to conform to who we think others want us to be. And, uh, in, in a, a real way, way that was, go ahead. I was well, just gonna no, say, you go. I was just gonna you say, go. lot, I was just gonna say, in a lot of ways, that's the like the the sub theme of this movie. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I like that because I was gonna say I I knew yeah. you were gonna tie it back to the movie because I was go gonna ahead. tie it to church. And yeah. I was gonna oh. say that when that whenever churches are doing their jobs, mm -hmm. that this is what churches should be doing is right. encouraging people to be who they are. And whenever we recognize that wonderful diversity and we encourage people to be who they are, that's an incredible blessing to, to church. It's an incredible blessing to the world. So uh, let's talk more about the world and let's talk more about church as we move into our theopolitical segment right after the drop. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, so, Caleb, I, I, there's lots of places we can go with this. I'm going to start in a particular one. It was it was another uh, another quote that happened in one of the, in kind of the big climactic scene where uh, their dad and his former partner are uh, kind of struggling with who's going to get to be in control of and decide whether or not time travel actually gets to happen and occur. Right. And she is more of the, uh, the, the business type and he's more of the idealistic type. And, mm -hmm. uh, as it's all going on and they're yelling at each other, she says to him, you just never understood the bigger picture. And then this kind of climactic moment happens where some science kicks in and saves mm -hmm. him and his kids. And he says, you just never understood the science. Yeah. What how a moment. much how much of that goes on in our government where we're not <laughs> making choices based on uh -huh. understanding the science but we're making choices based on the money on the corporations who paid the right people i mean yep. is, is when does it not? <laughs> i kind of felt like this was i felt like that somebody <laughs> took a lot of time working this movie just to get to those two lines as a way of saying, <laughs> all right, like we need to start taking science a lot more seriously because it can mm -hmm. save us. Uh -huh. Focusing on the money will kill us, which is what happens. The folks who yep, are focusing right. on the money in the midst of a big science piece happening, they die because they kept focusing on the money. He understood the science. He survives. Is that not in an... Don't you think that was that, an intentional that's like a summary. Yeah, that's like a summary of our of our country and what we've seen over the past several years. You're right. you're absolutely right. Yeah, focusing completely on money and not on science. And so we've of course seen this 
you know, in the pandemic, as we we see politicians who, in the midst of the pandemic, at the height of the pandemic, didn't yep. want to believe scientists, actively denying what scientists knew to be true, spreading 100. false information, saying, oh, well, you know, we don't even know if this is a real virus or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, we do. Right. <laughs> we, we absolutely 100% know it. And then as time went on, and we knew how the virus spread, and still politicians focusing only on money and power. How is right. it that we can continue to accumulate our own power by, you know, by telling people they don't need to abide by uh, the regulations that we're finding out from the scientists, and mm -hmm. and then um, and then uh, you know trying to trying to amass money by by not encouraging people to stay at home and stuff. Uh, so just one example of the many many examples where we see people not listening to science. And I love this is a brilliant insight, Mark. That, yeah, this is well, this is the height and, of the and, movie, and it's what our society is doing right now. It is exactly, and I felt it feels like I mean because it is at the climax yeah. of the movie, and so yeah. it's very clear that this was a message that when they started that they had decided we this is a a really good way to get mm -hmm. to and start talking about this particular way of of understanding what we're doing. It thinks makes yeah. me think all the way back to our podcast on Don't Look Up, which mm -hmm. was also very much about the denial of climate science and uh, the choices we're making so that people can make money, just like in that, in, in that film. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and we do, we do it over and over again. And, and we talk about that, like our, what we need to be doing is being out there actively protesting these things, calling, writing uh, our representatives, but most mm -hmm. importantly, during yeah. the election process, uh, paying attention to who's saying what, mm -hmm. who's making, right who's who's mate has the right platforms and will really do something about it because we can yeah. yell and shout all we want but if we don't mm -hmm. have the people who are in those offices who are willing to do the right thing um yeah. they're going to unfortunately in the long run they they've shown service themselves they're going to do what's best Absolutely. for them and however yeah. they can make money and stay elected and and have that job right yeah Right. And so holding people accountable after they've been elected is extremely important, too. Right. But not just to not just to be out in the street or to even vote for the right person, but but to do those things and then also to hold those people accountable so that they continue to do the same things that they said they were going to do. Uh, so one of the other things uh, that that struck me yeah. uh, was. That, you know, uh, we're talking about advanced technology here. And right. uh, we're talking about a private company controlling mm -hmm. technology that affects the entire human race. Right. And so I was finding myself wondering, how do we ethically manage advances yeah. in technology, especially those advances that are owned by private companies? I'm thinking about folks like Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, or even oh, folks who, you know, own vaccines. Uh, companies right. that own vaccines, so you know that literally the whole human species is dependent upon these. Right, things. and, and, and there's the whole that? question of regulation. Like, uh, yeah. how how heavily should the government be regulating, particularly when people are messing around with stuff that could be dangerous, that could put yep. everyone at risk? Uh, and I think that's a really difficult, particularly in, in a society that wants to be capitalistic um, mm -hmm. and would like to show some amount of freedom. Uh, to discovery, but 
I mean, I don't, what's the answer? What's the balance there? How much should we be regulating things that could be dangerous and how capable, I mean, we can answer that question. Mm -hmm. Let's say that we're able to answer that question. The problem is the big if, yeah, yeah. If we could, even if we could, uh -huh. okay. the rate that science develops at, there's someone in a lab somewhere doing something we've never thought of and wouldn't have known to regulate. I mean, right? Where are we going as a society? How do we deal with that? How do we manage that? I mean, because I think we we're we're at it. We're we're definitely have learned over the last let's say six years, five years, mm -hmm. that we can't trust people to do the right thing because it's the right thing. We can't wait. Wait. <laughs> what made you think that, Mark? What what um, examples? I, I I can't think of a single. Well, I was walking down the street and there's this guy wearing a red baseball cap. No, I, was <laughs> I I still can't. So I'm from Missouri. I still can't wear my St. Louis Cardinals baseball cap because it's red. I so I, the other day, like I've got crazy hair. I I'm like I'm gonna put on a hat and I look right. down at my I look down like at my hat rack. I'm like. Has it been long enough since Trump has been out of <laughs> yeah, office that I, I can wear my St. Louis Cardinals hat? No, like, it has no, not. <laughs> I can't. It, it just isn't yet. Uh, uh, it's there not. Are too many, you're, yeah, there, you're right. We've we've seen people aren't ethical. Yeah, but, we've seen. Yeah, we're the, yeah, yeah. And, and they're not going to think of what the the greater good uh -huh. is. We'll go back to COVID right. and following party lines mm -hmm. rather than science. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what what do we do as a society, as a or even just as a nation? Uh, what do we do in order to, to yeah. try to regulate that? Because I think, I think, yeah. I assume you and I are in some agreement that there's got to be some level of regulation to this Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we do that with everything else. If yeah. we know we have a thing that could negatively impact other people, we put regulations on it. You, well, most things, yeah. not guns. We'll have to... We should be doing it with good, but you know, we absolutely should be, we, mm -hmm. we should be, but, but, but those are items that can negatively impact other people that we really don't. And, and that gets back into the avoiding the science and the facts and yeah. going political, yeah. but you know, with cars, you got to have insurance, you got to pass a test, you got to right. wear a seat you gotta belt, regulate it. like all mm -hmm. these things that protect other people. We all, like, it's what a healthy society does for each other. Yeah, I wonder if we are doing enough of that when it comes to science, particularly yeah. advanced science that starts yeah. dabbling in things that have a larger impact than one individual. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think at the heart of this, in some ways, you know, it's kind of reactionary after we've yeah. seen the science established and we're like, oh, we need to regulate this. Um, right. And in some ways, I suppose that's the way of it. But I think uh, I, I'm lo looking at the comments and I see Ellen Green commenting about uh, profitability. And I think in terms of guns, for instance, uh, right. that's something that's extremely profitable, right? That's one right. of the reasons why it hasn't been regulated is because people stand to make a lot of money. Absolutely. And I think we've seen this in terms of uh, not in regulation, but in the way that we release vaccines uh, or in the way that we release medicines is that because medicines are so profitable, we don't see them shared in an equitable way or a way that is, is really affordable for everyone. And so I don't know if I have an answer for how we adequately <laughs> regulate technology as we move forward, but I do think that one of the things we should be doing as government is uh, not putting profit first. We should be putting right. the, uh, 
people first, not just citizens, but, but, but the it, people but, who live in the land, we should be yeah. putting them first. And but isn't that tied to, the, isn't it problematic in a country that also wants to be capitalistic? Like It is. I mean, <laughs> of course it, it is, yeah. I, I, I think our problem, ultimately, uh, so many things tie completely back to that uh -huh. we believe, we still believe this myth that capitalism works for everyone. That it makes yeah. it a better world, and it doesn't. It makes it a better yeah. place for a small percentage of the population, Absolutely. and a much worse place for the rest of the population. And it affects our heads. We make decisions based on things other than facts. Yeah, uh, because Absolutely. it's the way that a capitalistic society impacts us and influences us. Yeah, and and I've always called it. The, it could. It's the. It could be me thinking. Like, I don't want you to ever hurt rich people. Uh, I wanted to make it as easy as possible because one day that could be me. I could be the rich person. That's right. Because it's a capitalistic society. If I just work yep. hard enough, which is one of the biggest lies, most yep. folks who are millionaires came from families that were millionaires. That, That's right. Been, yeah. It might have been true early in America's history. But today, I don't care how mm -hmm. hard you work. You, it's very few people that work, no matter how hard they work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Help me with this quote, Mark. I'm going to mess it up, but it's. I, I, well, I'll try. The, <laughs> so the the reason, and so the quote goes like this. I can't remember who said it. The reason why the United States has remained a capitalist country instead of a socialist country is because instead of people seeing themselves as living in poverty, they see themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Yes, right. I <laughs> Uh, I know who it is. If you know, his, comment. If you're watching, you know, it, comment. I know who it is, and his name's not coming. We all know him. I think it's the guy that wrote uh, the 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 People's History of the United States, and I'm just hmm. Howard Howard yeah. uh, uh, Howard Zinn. I think it might have been Howard Zinn that said hmm. that. But it's a brilliant quote and so good. All right, I'll tell you what. We could go on and on about this. There's so many pieces of, of impact yeah. uh, that this movie could have on theology and, and politics. But let's let's do this. Let's take another break. And after the break, we're going to uh, ask each other questions that we are unplanned and that hopefully will completely trip Caleb up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> back to the moonshine jesus show today we are talking about the adam project and we have moved on into the q a part of our program so if you have questions go ahead and ask them Love i do it. see we've got a commenter who confirmed mark that it is howard zen who said Ye that quote that i could kind of remember but couldn't remember uh, you, you remember the quote a lot better than i would thanks to wes daniel for saying that also ellen green has been great. Uh, lots of comments coming through, lots of insightful stuff going on. Uh, I, I, I absolutely really appreciate folks like both. It's of great. Stuff. It's yeah. great when we see comments. And so go ahead and write some questions if you get them. But I've got a question for you in the meantime, Mark. Go I'm curious. It. And uh -oh. I'm going to ask you this because we're talking about technology. We're talking about time Ooh. travel. And I know Ooh. that you're into this kind of stuff. Oh, and yeah. I know that you, 
You're you a, might want to you might want to watch. You might not want to ask me questions about time travel because I will geek out on you. I don't know. I just want to ask you. I'm Maybe not I sure just want to say, like, of... what are your thoughts on time travel? <laughs> no, but okay. Maybe okay. Pay about Maybe how we'll get to nobody that. gets it right in movies. No, okay, good. Nobody gets it right. <laughs> what's they don't? So what really happens when you change the past? Uh, what's what's right. it really? No, okay. Here's here's why I want to know. Here's my real question. Yeah, man. Okay, I want to know with as technology's advancing at this incredible rate. Is there a yeah. point at which technology needs to stop? Or is there a point at which we need to just say, whoa, this is getting out of control? Or is this a good thing? Is technology constantly advancing? Is, is that a good thing for humanity? What's your right. take on it? Well, I'll, I'll answer in two parts. Good. First part is the first domino's already been tipped, so we're not stopping it. Mm. That, mm. that is just how technological advances happen. Um, but the second part is, yes, there are moments where we need to be better about recognizing when we need to stop advancing tech technology in areas. We're never going to stop technology overall. We are curious people. We want to understand how things work. We want to see if we can make them work better. We want to see if we can make them work in ways that help people. And unfortunately, there are those who want to see if they can make it in ways that hurt other people so that they get an advantage. So we're going to keep seeing that. But yes, we've got to learn uh, the, the, the moral balance of where it becomes a, a negative to society and it needs to stop mm. it. And that's part of, yeah. I think, goes back to our con conversation in the last segment about at yeah. what point does the, does the government have to be regulating things that have mm. negative impact for folks? So uh, yeah. we, we can't stop it, uh, but sometimes in, in areas, we've got to be better at regulating it and almost stopping it if necessary. Yeah. You, what, mm. what are your thoughts? I uh, so I'm also a, a tech geek too, and I mm -hmm. love technology. Uh, oh yeah, I hate I hate antiquated technology, and I love embracing <laughs> the next new thing. And yeah, so I, yeah. I'm with you. I think it's all about regulation, and I think it's about how we how we deal with it, how we how we use it. And um, I, I'm also reading in the comments, and I I, I see uh, uh, reasons why people are drawn to. Uh, stories about technology and time travel too, and I'm I'm just lifting that up. That I think it's the human condition to be interested in thinking about what if, what right. if is. I mean, I think we're better if we. Uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about Buddhism is the, yeah. the, you know, the thought about living in the moment and not what ifing ourselves to death. But I think it's human nature to wonder what if, and uh, and also to spend, uh, to to think about spending time uh, in in the past, and yeah. and to being nostalgic about that. But but I do appreciate the thought about living in the moment and thinking about the future. Well, you just helped me out by saying that part. Okay, because, good. Oh, I'm I, glad. I was trying to decide between two questions. I well. Okay. <laughs> Two questions to ask you. One of them was, why yeah. are we so intrigued with time travel? So you've kind of done a little bit working on that. So I knew gonna, it, Mark. I know. You 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 traveled <laughs> back and you saw me writing my notes. That's right, I did. I'm like, not I'm sharing, go that. Time, like it says at the beginning of the uh, the Adam Project, time travel exists. You just don't know about it yet. You, you do, <laughs> but the rest of us don't. Somehow you managed That's right. to do that. I'm actually from the future. I have no doubt that 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 explains a lot. Actually, it, it really does. Uh, 
So, um, listen, I, I've got a two-part question. The first oh, part okay. is, is is a very, like, overly simplistic. It, it's we, we hear it all the time. It's almost a cliche. But this movie calls for it. What would you tell your younger self if you could travel back, your 12-year-old self, what would you tell your 12-year-old self if you could... But this is a two-parter. I'm going to have a follow-up Okay, here. okay, okay. You know, I think I'd tell my uh, 12-year-old self, just be true to who you are. It's like we were talking about uh, earlier. I think at that particular... And this is why I think so many time travel uh, movies and pieces of literature have you going back to adolescence at the time when you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. Because it's at that moment where you're really kind of unsure like is who i'm becoming who i'm supposed to be right. or you know or am i supposed to be more like the people i'm around is it okay to be uniquely me and i think telling my younger self be who you are just whoever it is just be who you are uh, uh that that that's the best advice you can ever give anyone who is uh, at that stage in life to yeah. just, just be true to themselves. And it's theological too, you know, yeah. uh, just uh, be yourself em embrace your diversity, embrace God's creation. I, right. I love that. That's why that's one of the most empowering things churches can tell you is no matter what stage in life you are. I, I get people who come to church all the time who have said, I, you know, I've been denying myself for 40 years and I'm starting yeah. to come to terms with who I am. Is that okay? And uh, the most, the greatest gift I have as a pastor is to say, yes, be who you are and, uh, yeah, and it, we'll it, rejoice it, in that. I, I'm cruel. So I would go, no, no, not, <laughs> no, I, no, I would go, no, it's not okay that it took 40 okay. years, but yes, yeah. it is good that that's where you are now. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So that, uh, I, I just like that tension that, that, that allows you to build up first. So yeah, uh, I like it. Right, so here's the second part yeah. of the question. Okay. So you go back, you visit your younger self. Mm -hmm. If you could, would you tell your younger self? Um, like we, we all make mistakes in life. Sure. Would you try to warn your younger self to not make certain mistakes that you, that you made in your life? You know, I don't think so. So, I mean, I, although well, I was, I was hoping like, that was your answer, but why? <laughs> although I was in the movie, I'm like, no, you got to tell your dad when he's going to die. You got to, <laughs> you, you know, you got to tell him, you got to <laughs> tell him so he can do something. But no, be right. Because it's, uh, it's those things, even the hardships that make us who we are. Yeah, um, like, and so I, I don't think I would change. I don't think I would change things because, mm -hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't be who I am or I wouldn't have the, yeah. uh, the things in my life that make me me. And that's the gift of life is that some parts of it are wonderful. Some parts of it are terrible. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you get through it, it's it's who make it's what makes you you. So what about you, Mark? Would you would you tell your. Oh, no, like for the exact same reason, like um, mm. I, I have had way too many like there's been a lot of difficulties in my life, a lot of struggles, a lot of, I mean, I've had, there was a period in time where uh, I had two very young kids and there were nights where I didn't know if I could put food on the table for them. Right. Matter of fact, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be able to, uh, yeah. I wouldn't change any of it because this is exactly what you're saying. I, I learned from those experiences 
who I am now is directly connected and rooted in those experiences. And it also, um, it's unfortunate that the human condition is somewhat uh, in the space that um, having lived in certain situations gives you more emotional connection and empathy with other folks who are struggling in, in those similar spaces and just doing what I do uh, as much as it was hurting and as much as it felt horrible, I now can recognize that while they still are horrible, terrible Mm -hmm. moments, there's nothing good Mm -hmm. about them. Right. I can bring something good out of them and Mm -hmm. make something better in the world because of those horrible moments. So no, I, 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 I would not. Now we're yeah. going to close with one more question. I have yes. to. Oh. We're, we're, we're running slightly <laughs> okay. long. Okay. But, but, so you got to ask one. Okay. Okay. I I think that the ending of the movie needs to be addressed a little bit. Okay. So one of the subplots of the movie, um, it was the impetus of why it started, but it became a subplot of the movie is that he was going back to find uh, to 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 uh, find the woman that he loved. Right. His, his wife, right? And yep. ultimately, they have to make the decision to end the timeline that they meet in. Right. And he basically says, you know, or she says, you know, we we are connected. We're, we're going, you know, we'll find each other in some way. So my question is, are people, do you think, are people so destined for each other, so connected with each other, that no matter what you change in their storyline, that they'll always find each other in some way because ultimately that's where this movie ends is the two of them not knowing each other still meet up and almost in the exact same way that they did the first time. I mean, is that, I mean, uh, uh, we're both, okay. There was a, there was a time. So it could get you in really bad. (laughs) There's a time in my life when I was a real romantic and I was said, yeah, you know, or, you know, we're, we're going to find each other. I, I I'm not so so much a romantic anymore in that way that I think that uh, that, you know, you're going to wind up together either way. But I do think that had they not wound up together, they still could have found a way to been happy. Right. Even without each other. And uh, and so, yeah, it's a it's a love story in a lot of ways. And it feels good. The ending wraps up nicely in real life. I think it is that we we choose. You know, we choose our partners and uh, we we choose. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, even when when we've suffered through times that are very difficult, we have to we have to choose joy uh, right. and we we have to we have to we have to to choose. And so, no, I, I don't really think that we're fated to be and this is a progressive <laughs> Christian value. Right. That, right. that we're not fated uh, to be any way. Right. Uh, we're not predetermined, you know. Calvin would hate <laughs> hey, this podcast. Hey, you're talking to a Presbyterian here. I can what you him. <laughs> no, I Calvin I would hate it, but you know what? We're no. not predestined. We make no, our own no. destiny. We make our own choices. I know you're not a Calvinist. 
I knew you well enough. Not in any way, and I completely agree with yeah. you. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was the same way. There was there yeah. was a time in my life where I kind of loved the idea that there was this kind of universal connection that could happen mm-hmm. between two people where they were yeah. destined for each other, and it is a beautiful idea, and it it it, it, it is heartwarming, and I, and I I still want want that to be true, but I look yeah. at life and sure. see that that isn't reality, and frankly, it leads to really bad relationships. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it means you, when you see the world that way, you mm-hmm. it's too easy to fall into a relationship and just go, well, it was meant to be, so everything's going to be okay. And you know what? That's just not mm-hmm. the truth. L- love is commitment and work. We like to think yeah. of it as some big flowery thing. And there's moments that it feels amazing and is brilliant. But true love, true true marriage, true commitment in a in a relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's just commitment to each other, however it works, is about choosing to be in the relationship, mm-hmm. recognizing the best in a person, and, yeah. and and being able to work and willing to work with them for the betterment of that relationship. Um, and there's nothing universally you know, connecting about that. Uh, but in a lot of ways, how, how much more beautiful is that story that there's someone who chooses Mm. to work, to be with you, to, to, Mm. to say, I am making this choice over and over again, no matter how hard it gets, but yeah, outside of abuse, obviously. Yeah. But but within within the regular struggles of relationship, to have that idea that that not just we're, we were destined to be together, blah blah blah, but to say we we really appreciate parts of each other immensely, and we're willing yeah. to do to whatever work. it takes yeah. to work through hmm. whatever happens, so that we can keep being together yeah. in that way. I mean, you're right. It's beautiful. More powerful? Much more powerful. It's just yeah. like church. I mean, and the yeah. world, whenever we don't say, hey, it's God's plan that we do things in a certain <laughs> way. And yeah. instead we say, you know what? Uh, Jesus was uh, a great teacher about God who taught us how it is that we make the world a better place. And it is up to us to try to make that world a better place. Uh, that I think that that's incredibly powerful. And yeah. so... I'll end on that theological note, Mark. I think that that not e- not, is not only the perfect place for you to end, but the perfect place for this podcast to end. Okay. We, we thank you all for joining Absolutely. us, tuning in, uh, whether you're watching yep. live or listening back later, playback. We do encourage you, please, if, you, if you've enjoyed this, share it with other people. Let them know please. we're out there and, and mm-hmm. have them uh, join us the next time. So speaking of the next time, until the next time, Cheers to you all. Cheers. Uh, And we'll see you the next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Hey, hey. Moonshine Jesus.